no greater man has opened the wound of woman. Name the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. So today we celebrate a feast of John the Baptist, the third finding of his head. And uh, that we have the head of John the Baptist is a remarkable enemy, anyway. But it's in Istanbul in the Muslim Museum, unfortunately. But maybe God has something in mind. Uh, John's uh, birth is like, in some ways, like Jesus' birth, in that the angel came to announce of his becoming. He also was as the same line of Jesus from the house of David, the royal house, and the priestly house. And his dad was a priest who served in the temple. We know that from the gospel. In the liturgy, uh, John uh, is prefigured if you have a deacon. Because when the presley services like matins and things like that, the deacon always walks in front of the priest carrying a candle, the light going before the light. Now these days, uh, this pilgrimage, if they're even not here, it's for the ladies and for everybody to come and work, but the weather has not been on our side, I guess, but we may get a few more people. But anyway, um, we have to think about the Holy Theotokos relationship to John's mother Elizabeth and herself. They were great friends. And in the visitation, which is on the wall over there, we read in that gospel that John weeped, leaped in the wound of his mother, announcing the presence of the Holy Spirit and the fact that Christ was in the wound of his mother. Interesting. This is truly the pro-life icon. This is truly the one. Now, in my ratiocinations, my pondering, I am thinking about not only John, and it is the friend of the Lord who gave his life for the Lord and finally suffered death for the Lord. But about this scene here and, of course, the Annunciation. They're right next to each other in the temple here. So the angel Gabriel came and announced to Mary she was to be conceived a child by the power of the Holy Spirit. And Mary being confused over the issue, she says, well, I know not man. She had never had a relationship with the man although she was betrothed. And in the Russian church, or the Byzantine church, our church, the Ruthenians, the, the wedding uh, that takes place today is a combination of a betrothal and a, a crowning. And uh, in uh, the old country, 
and they would separate them. And I've done that a couple times. I think Veronica and her husband, Mrs. Budlinski, uh, they were betrothed before they were married. And you're always betrothed in the narthex of the church. Priests meet you there. Mary was betrothed. But she did not know Joseph in a carnal way. I don't know what she expected about that. But in the Eastern Fathers, they say the greatest moment of grace in Our Lady's life is when she conceived the Christ child. The most unique conception in all creation. So, by the power of the Holy Spirit, the Lord came, was conceived of God the Father, it's his son, in the womb of the Virgin. And she said, let it be done to me according to your word. And then it says in Luke's Gospel, she pondered these things in her heart. And I expect that many a woman, especially when she has her first child, wonders what this child may be. What is he or she going to grow up to be? And there must be, during that nine months of gestation, a lot of pondering. Um, here in the monastery, I don't teach the monks too much to meditate. I teach them to do Lectio Divina, where they do their readings and they think about them. But much more important is the pondering. Now, when Mary pondered, Christ was being formed in her. But also there was the Father and the Holy Spirit. The whole Trinity was there. The thoughts of her heart, the thoughts of her pondering must have been magnificent. Now, you, you good people, when you were baptized and chrismated, then you receive the body and blood of the Lord, that was the same body that was formed in the Virgin Mary. The fathers call her the oven in which the bread of life was baked. So, Eucharistic in thought. Some people, I watch them, they don't spend much time in church after they receive the Eucharist. They're in a hurry to get to the coffee hour, to go home, something. We are always shortchanging the Holy Trinity. We should sit and ponder, at least for 15 minutes if we can, who is with us. And who received in the Eucharist that same person born of the wound of the Blessed Virgin Mary? I agree, at least in principle, 
that Mary was at her holiest when she contained the Christ child and the Father and the Holy Spirit, because with one person the Trinity is present, so are the other two. And I think about her a lot, about what she was pondering. And so in my own spiritual life, and I hope in yours, you realize you are forming Christ in you. And I love that prayer of St. Louis de Montefort, where he says, Mary, as you formed Christ in your wound so many years ago, form him in my heart. Beautiful prayer to Mary, the Theotokos. How does she do that? Today at Matins we sing that tropar, that it's with a short litany, the Paki Paki litany, one of them, that God will come and form our minds and our hearts by his presence, by the divine energies. And we are unique because it's a particularly Eastern understanding of grace. So when we pray, we should concentrate on those energies within us. You don't have to say anything. You have to be attentive to God who dwells in you. Not in the fullness that was of Mary, but in the same energies that formed him, that came from the Father, through the Son, in part by the Holy Spirit, and gave us our Savior. In many ways, you are like Christ. He took on your image that you might take on his. And you must remember your dignity. And you must remember the dignity of all women who are mothers. These days, at this pilgrimage, we pray to Our Lady, help of mothers, Our Lady of the Blue Mountains. And once in a while I see men, men, women come in, and even men, and stand before that holy icon. The story of this particular icon was that uh, Bishop Kurt was in Russia, and there was a church in Moscow with tons of women lined up around it. So he was inquisitive. He wanted to know what was going on, so he went into the church. They were all visiting this icon. They were praying for conception. They were praying for having a healthy baby. They were praying for making reparation for destroying a child before birth. This is the icon of the hour we live in, Mary Help of Mothers. It's the Asher Byzant icon, and it's a, it's a good copy. Also, in honor of my mother, I put uh, jewels on the icon, for money from her estate, all biblical jewels. 
to honor her. And even we men, we have to, especially these days, we have to pray for women. I've never seen more confused women in my life. Just listen to the news. What a mess. But they have a God-given vocation. It has to do with life and prayer. They must be like Mary, especially in their prayer as they form Christ in their inmost being. So, so we'll hopefully by Sunday we'll see a few more ladies here. This is their pilgrimage. We'll see, we always see a lot of men. Sometimes I wonder <clears throat> who loves Our Lady more, the men or the women. And for, I think, I don't hate to say this, but I think, I think the men went out. Sort of interesting. And we love our own mothers and those who have gone before us. And we thank them for giving us life and going through bearing a child. We thank them for bringing us to the fountain of baptism and chrismation. We thank them for giving us a being where we can have Christ in our inmost being. That we can say like Paul, I live now, not I, but Christ lives in me. So this is a great feast of John because Christ lived in him. And it says in the gospel that no holier man opened the wound of woman except those who are born into the kingdom of heaven. The least is greater. We may be the least, but because of our mother and our father who said yes to life, we are here and we have a future. And we thank God for that future in the kingdom but it starts now. And like Mary, we should ponder in our hearts how we have the great grace to be a Catholic, especially a Byzantine Catholic. And if you ponder the back wall of the church, some of you have not seen it before, these are the martyrs of Ruthenia the major ones. The wall would not hold all the martyrs of Ruthenia. And eventually we'll get a little pamphlet to go with it, but it starts with Sermothodius and their disciples. You knew, some of you knew Father Namas. He always wondered who his patron saint was. His patron saint was one of the disciples that were taught by Sermothodius. Very interesting. So you lucky people, born of a woman, sanctified by the Holy Spirit, fed on the body and blood of Christ, that body and blood was prepared for us in the wound of the Virgin. How happy you must be. Think, ponder, and love, because God has loved you so much to make you part of this Greek Catholic Church that has these beautiful thoughts to give you a heart that is the same and beats with the hearts of Christ. So when Jesus was in the wound of Christ, his heart 
meet with his mothers. And we, who are left upon the earth on our journey towards heaven, pray this day that through her prayer she can form that same heart in our bodies, filled with grace and love and joy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.